Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there, welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast where we let you know what's going on in the world of Star Wars with our latest news segments, reviews and discussion and when we can be bothered to do it when we haven't got time, that is the random spotlight. My name's Gary, your host for this week for episode 49 and joining me as always is that cheeky chappy, the guy from up north, Mr. Mark Asquith. How are you, dude? I'm all right, thanks, geezer. You know, talking about a southern accent now because I'm from down south. In it, in it, in it, in it, in it, in it. Yeah, man. You know, all right. Isolated like the rest of the world, and uh, like we were just saying off the air. Just you know, getting into into the swing of things. Been a bit stir crazy the last couple of days. Like not been not been able to get any work done. So I've just been not productive at all. Um, so that's like the unseen peril of working at home is that. Look, other things to do. Or just not been in the mood for it, you know? I don't know if anyone else gets that, but yeah, it's been a weird all week, mate. But yeah, pretty good though, pretty good. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, enjoying the uh, the lockdown up here as well. Actually, not too far south, actually. Because uh, when we uh, first met and we first started podcasting many moons ago, I lived proper down south. But I'm a bit higher up now, you know? Midlands, innit? The old, the old West Yeah, Midlands, you that Midland but- one, innit? Yeah, the awkward place. It's not south, not north. It's people count us as uh, apparently people count us as West Midlands, mate, as well. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, would yeah. you believe it? Yeah, Sheffield apparently is West Midlands. Would you Adam and Eve it, mate? Crikey! Nah, mate. Nah, nah, nah. Pretty much neighbours, dude. Pretty much neighbours. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. So yeah, hope all of our listeners, our our fond uh, and well-valued patrons are you're all taking care of yourselves you're all uh, taking heed of the advice and stuff and staying at home and watching plenty of star wars and doing star warsy things before we crack on with episode 49 uh, if why don't you head over to whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on and drop us a sub that way you won't miss a show when it lands every single Saturday, or if you're not sure where to go and subscribe, just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. Our awesome podcast host, Captivate, knock up this really nice page. It gives you links to everywhere you need to go so you can uh, find us easily and give us a sub. That'd be awesome. And if you've got a minute or two to give us a review, that would also be awesome because that helps us out loads and loads. And our patrons, as I said, thank you so much for your continued support. Love you guys. Anyone else that wants to support the show, just head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump on to any tier that you like there. Anything that you want to do would be great. Helps us out loads for additional content that we've got planned and all that stuff. And you can get yourself some SOR swag. We're on the socials too. Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Just hit us up over there. Give us a search. Give us a like and a follow. We chat plenty of Star Wars throughout the week. And uh, yeah, we'd love to connect with you guys over there. So 
we're going to try and get around to some some discussion and uh, random spotlight and whatever uh, in the show. But just be forewarned, we do have plenty of news to get through again. So if we get onto that stuff, then great. But we have got some really cool nuggets of news to get through. Some really cool stuff around the Mandalorian. So let's kick off with that, dude. The uh, we've had some casting news. One of them's really really cool. The first one that we're going to get onto now is un- I'm in two minds about it. I'll be honest with you. So Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano from the Clone Wars. Everyone will know from the the Clone Wars animated show is going to be appearing as a live action character in season two of The Mandalorian, which in itself is absolutely awesome. And the casting detail has been revealed that it's Rosario Dawson who is going to be playing Asako. Now, the reason why I say I'm in two minds about this is because it's always really difficult to disconnect, in my opinion anyway, it's always really difficult to disconnect your mind from a character that you've already watched and listened to for years already. Now, of course, Asako has not been live action before, so I'm not talking about that. But Ashley Eckstein, who's voiced uh, Asako for many years throughout the Clone Wars and a little bit in Rebels, I'm just I'm think I'm going to struggle a little bit to not hear that voice as I'm watching uh, Ahsoka on 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 screen as a live action character. So uh, casting wise, Rosario, she's pretty cool. No real complaints there. But what do you reckon on this one, dude? Because I don't know. I just can't. The, her voice is so symbolic of the character for me. It's going to be weird. But what do you reckon? Yeah, I I pay totally on that one. I think the big saving grace is that. You know, Ahsoka at this point in her life, five years after the Battle of Endor, um, you know, she's about 45 years old. So, you know, the, the the changing voice, you would expect the voice to be deeper. You know, Rosario Dawson's got a very authoritative, very soothing style voice. And uh, Ashley Eckstein's always played Ahsoka with that slightly higher pitched um kind of vocal range where, you, you know, she, she came in at age, whatever, 13, 14, in, in the, the, the original Clone Wars movie. And you can see that maturation through to, to Rebels. So I think, yeah, I, I fully, I'm fully with you. I can see how it would be a total pain, but I think just conditioning the mind to be like, oh, wait a second, this is a 45-year-old Ahsoka that's, honestly, she's seen a bit of crap, mm-hmm. you know? I think that that personally that would just be how I'd reconcile it in my head and be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm all right with that one. And I think you know, given given the the setting, I I think you'll get used to it fairly quickly, dude. I think it's it'll just be one of those where you're like, oh, all right, okay, yeah, that's that's how that is now then. Um, but I love the casting. I think you know it's one of those interesting ones, isn't it? Where uh, like the fans have kind of got their way, and Rosario Dawson herself has been campaigning to be a Sokotano in live action for a long, long time. You know, years now. So it always amazes me, this sort of stuff, you know, similar to the old Tyrese Gibson wanted to be Green Lantern, which for the record, I do not back that. But it's one of those where you, uh, you just, you're just like, all right, yeah, I can get on board with that. One of the interesting things that I think that this brings up is the old Luke Skywalker problem. You know, Skywalker was obviously left out of the Force Awakens till the end. You know exactly what's going to happen here. The second Ahsoka's in the Mandalorian Everyone wants more Ahsoka, so she there's a risk of her overshadowing things. But holy crap, like this is a super interesting thing, very very interesting. Especially because the last time that we saw her, she was off with Sabine Wren going to find uh, going to find Thrawn and going off to find uh, Ezra. What's his name? Ezra Bridger. Oh, that's right. So there's yeah. something 
just some interesting stuff with this, dude. You know, I mean, let's not discount the fact that Thrawn is still out there. One of the most interesting characters that there is in Star Wars alongside Ahsoka, who would be really interesting to bring into the Mando. So, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this is it's one of those bits of casting where you think, oh, everything's on the table. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up for this, dude. I'm up for it. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it's just, um, yeah, it's just that that voice. But like you say, mate, you, you're probably right there, dude. Once you once she's been on screen for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, you'll, everyone will get used to it and that'll be like the, the live action version of Ahsoka. So, uh, yeah, there we go. So um, we don't have any details yet as in uh, the exact plot points or anything like that. This is just that the character is going to be in the show and it's set in this time period. So, um yeah, we'll keep you guys updated when we know more about that. But exciting times and more casting for the Mandalorian. Uh, I've never, I've never quite nailed the pronunciation of this guy's surname. So interesting to hear your take on this. But Kyle Reese, as you would know him from the Terminator films, Michael. Now I normally say Michael Bean, but is it Michael Bien or Ben or whatever? I don't know, Michael. He's going to be joining the Mandalorian season two also, which is very, very cool because uh, I'm interested to see what he brings to this because we only really know him as kind of back in the day action kind of flick guy. So again, interesting casting for this dude. What do you reckon? Yeah, man, I am so up for this. Michael, I've always called him Michael Bine, which is probably way wrong, Um, but he was... He was like a really interesting bit of casting because he's not really done too much. He's been in some like TV movies and stuff, I think. I don't know. This is me just making this up. But from what I can tell, the last time I checked out his profile, which I <laughs> really randomly periodically do, because <laughs> um, he's like he's one of those 80s actors where I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing now. Um, so yeah, he was he was Kyle Reese. He was um, he was in Aliens. He's been in all sorts of like he was that guy, and it's he, he was he's the James Cameron guy. You know, he's in is he in Avatar? He might be in Avatar, or is is no, he in is no. in is in the Abyss? That's the one. The he's Abyss, in. yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm up for this. I like this guy. I can see him being a grumpy old sod, and uh, <laughs> but really being pretty badass and coming up against Mando. I, I, yeah, I'm I'm all right with this. I am all right with this. Again, I think it's uh, it's nice to see. Apollo Creed dusted off um, Carl Weathers, you know, in The Mandalorian. And this, this for me, is just one of those where I'm like, oh, look at this, another 80s guy is back. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I genuinely have nothing to say on this other than nice work, Michael Byne, because it will be good to see him working because I really like the guy. And I thought, he, the, the character of Kyle Reese was one of the, one of my first ever exposures to, like, the underdog hero. Um, you know, this, 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 person up against insurmountable odds so I, I don't know i've just got this soft spot this nostalgic spot in my mind for for michael bine so yeah again totally up for this mate totally up for it yeah it's almost like if we get another if we get another old school action hero this is going to be a bit like the remember when the expendables was announced and it was oh yeah i remember that yeah yeah and it was stallone it was like boom boom like one on, announcement after the other it was like this action stars coming back this one so we could have a bit of a uh, a bit of a revival by way of Star Wars, mate, which is which is pretty sweet. But yeah, I, I've got no complaints at all with this one. I think he's a solid actor. He's obviously got plenty of decent action chops, plenty of experience, knows the game. So 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he's going to be a baddie or a goodie. So that'd be cool. What's your bet? Oh, the bet. Quick reaction. Uh, baddie or goodie? I'm going to say baddie just because he's always a goodie. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm going to say goodie because he's always a goodie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. More Mandalorian news, dude. UK fans. I was going to mention this in our uh, introductory waffle, but I thought I'd save it for this story. But how are you liking Disney Plus, dude, now that we've got it over, over here? So, here's how my mind went. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I've paid 50 quid for this. I'll get the app. Got it on the old Telebob. I was like, oh, right, okay. Marvel stuff, Star Wars. Why have I paid 50 quid for this? <laughs> and then I started having a look. I was like, wait a sec. There's all sorts of stuff on here. This is awesome. So I'm all over it, mate. I'm, I'm loving it. I've not really watched too much yet. I've started watching Clone Wars, as we discussed yesterday, and doing the old chronological, which I have to admit, I'd never done before, my man, but I've now started watching it in chronological order, starting with episode 216 and 116, and then the Clone Wars movie, which battle, details the Battle of Christophsis. And I, dude, it is so much better watching it in this order. So much better, because it's like one whole cohesive story. Um... So yeah, rather than it being the anthology style series that it originally was. So yeah, man, I'm loving it. I've like, you know, I've I've added a pile of stuff to my watch list, loads of movies that I didn't know were on there. In particular things like the old X-Men series. <laughs> that that old theme tune, the Spider-Man from the nineties. So far, it's got it's got favorable reviews in my house. Um whether that will last past a year, I don't know. Like they're gonna have to do something to keep the content fresh. But initial reaction is, first year, yeah, worth 50 quid. What about you? Yeah, um, this is really funny. Right? For, I don't know, four or five months now, I suppose. Been banging on everywhere to anyone that would listen about Disney Plus launching, how sweet it's going to be. Anyone that follows us on Twitter or Instagram would have seen my um, my posts, which go up periodically every sort of three three weeks or so. Like, yay, Disney Plus is coming. It's going to be amazing. It's landed, and I've I've only watched one film. I've watched one thing <laughs> since since it landed. What in, did you watch? <laughs> a New Hope. Um, so that oh, so that was it. I've not watched any Clone Wars. I've not rewatched any of the Mandalorian. I've not done anything. But one thing I have done though is had a uh, a scooch through and looked at everything. And like you, I thought, holy crap! Yeah, they've got that on there. Oh, they've got that. And every time I scroll through like the different categories, I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't realize that was a Disney thing. Oh, that's awesome. So I think you're right. I think for at least a year, we're going to have uh, a decent amount of stuff to watch, but they are going to have to come with the, um, with the originals. They're going to have to get their toe down and get some stuff announced for 2021 already. I think otherwise people are going to start dropping off, but so far it's freaking sweet, but that does lead on to our very quick story. And that is the, the Mandalorian has obviously been a thing in the US and some other countries when Disney Plus originally launched and they did the whole, they went away from the Netflix model of just dumping everything and you binge watch. They, they went back to good old TV, sort of a weekly thing where at the end of each episode, you have a little bit of a cliffhanger and that sort of left you wanting more and you can't wait for next week. And they did that blah, blah, blah. Because of that, everybody, well, a large majority of, of fans in the UK thought that when Disney Plus launched here, because it's already been a thing, they were just going to dump the whole se- the first season as one thing. But no, Disney are like, no, 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 we're going to we're going to keep you waiting. So they launch with the first two episodes, 
and then the remaining what is it eight or ten episodes are going to be um are going to be streamed and released each and every week now apparently this has put the backs up on a lot of uk star wars fans so if you hadn't have watched the mandalorian already would you be miffed about this oh big time mate big time it's 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 daft like i get why they did it in the u.s because it's it's the way to keep you hooked and keep you coming back breathe the stickiness you know you watch one episode of the mandalorian oh i want more of that stuff let's have a look around and if the recommendation engines are decent brilliant but to do it in the uk when we've been waiting for it is absolutely mental like it is mental there's just, I, I don't see any reason for that because we've been waiting for it. Hell, dude, we pre-ordered it. Like we pay, a lot of us paid 50 quid for the year. We don't want our money back. We aren't bouncing. You don't have to keep us paying every single month. Like it's a different marketing message. Yeah, I think this is a complete screw up on their part. Really, really do. Oh dear. Oh dear. I see, I don't mind. Why? I don't mind. And I'm I'm trying very, very hard to remove myself from being in a place where I've already watched it. I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of people that have looked forward to it for so many months and they're just eager to get cracking and get it all watched. So I'm trying to really hard to put myself in those people's shoes. But still, I don't know, I just don't really don't really mind. But I get why you would be you would be pissed at that though. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's um I think just with the situation as well at the minute, I think it's a swing and a miss because people, you know, people are staying in, they're watching a heck of a lot more. You know, you, if, there's, if there's nothing that gets me on Disney Plus week number one, I'm like, ah, do you know what, screw, I'm just going to go and download The Mandalorian. I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm just going to go back to Netflix, get my 50 quid back because, you know, times are tough. Maybe we're not working as much. It's just, it's, it's, um, it's not in context with the way the world is this week, which you know, businesses have to be agile like that and just, you know, Disney haven't been in this instance. So that's just, that's the way I see it. You know, if it was me and I was thinking, uh, could do with that 50 quid, you know, I'm, I'm going to be asking for a refund and just, if the only thing I want is the Mandalorian, I'll just go download it. You know, as sad as that is, that's the, that's the way of the world at the minute. It is, mate, yeah. And there was a few tweets I got fired over to, to Disney Plus. One fan said, wait, Disney Plus only has the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. What BS is this? And some other people have said, uh, I'm frankly shocked and appalled that Disney Plus has launched with only two episodes of The Mandalorian instead of the full thing. And then someone else put, there's only two of The Mandalorian FFS. I'm not going to say the full thing. Haven't we waited long enough? So there's been a bunch of people that have made themselves very, made themselves known that they're not happy, but... I can't see Disney changing their mind, dude. They're not just going to suddenly be like, oh, you've complained. Oh, here you go then. Because then that just opens the floodgates every time somebody complains. to be like, oh, yeah, you can have that then. So we're stuck with this, mate, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we are as well. Yeah. Sadly. But, you know, it's what it is. It is what it is indeedy. Yes. Uh, and our last bit of Mandalorian news, I believe, is those of you that have um, picked up the, the Hot Toys um, sixth scale figure, of the Mandalorian a little while ago, you're probably going to be a bit upset because the guys over, I think they sell this via, there's like a, a bunch of UK retailers that do these collectibles. I think Sideshow and those people, but the, the people that actually make them hot toys have said, we teased you a little bit with the, the figure that you thought was the final figure, but now this is the final figure. So this one is the, 
the updated version that gives you um, slightly more, uh, like a, a, an improved look and feel for the armor. But also you get some accessories with it that you didn't get in the first version. So um, you get the, uh, uh, more most importantly, you get the child as a little accessory figure with this one. So he comes in the little floating crib uh, cot thing that we saw in the show uh, that you can bring him out of that if you want. You don't have to keep it inside the cot. It's like a little stand-up figure as well. Uh, plus you get like the little ice cream like little ice cream maker thing that did the rounds on socials before the man before it went live and some other bits and pieces. So yeah, you also get the little um you remember the little bounty pucks that he used to carry around got like the little projection that 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 showed him the the target and stuff. You get that as well, which is very cool. And some other little bits and pieces. So yeah, you want to flex the old wallet again, dude? You want to get another one of these? I really like this, man. I think it looks really good. <laughs> like the detail's really, really cool. I think it's really... I'm looking on the superhero hype site and I can't see the link for it. Um, like where you go and buy it. But um, yeah, I would I would, I would, would definitely be a part of this one. I think this looks absolutely badass. I love the detail that the Hot Ties guys put on these things. Um, and the only thing that's missing... Not missing, but the only thing that I noticed that was... Must be really hard to get right. Because everything else looks really, really good. But the texture... Of the kiddo's skin, you know, the green skin. Because obviously okay. it's made out of whatever, some kind of plastic. It's just a little bit, like it's a bit shiny and the texture's just not quite the same style. Or it doesn't look like a representation. But that's real nitpicking and that must be really hard to get right. But yeah, I think this is badass, man. I think this is really cool. Like This could this this would adorn a, uh, a, a display cabinet all day long. Yep. This has got the bookshelf behind your desk written all over it, mate. I've run out of room in that. I've run out of bloody room. I had to put Anakin and Obi Wan fighting on Mustafar up on the cupboard next to uh, next to little Lego Yoda. So that's the kind of deal that I'm dealing with. Hey, I didn't tell <laughs> you. Speaking of which, this is a really random, but we're talking toys. So Kieran for my birthday last week, he got me. Have you seen the Sphero stuff, which is like the AI-driven sort of uh, uh, little robots? Oh yeah, yeah. He got me a Sphero R2D2, dude. It is badass. Oh, nice. It is mint. Like, you control it <laughs> on your phone. You can set it off to patrol a room. It's got all the sounds. It's got everything you'd expect. All the different controls for it. You can map paths for it. And you can even get it to watch any of the Skywalker Saga movies with you. And it will react like R2-D2 does in the movies at the time R2 is on screen. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, I Big time, mate. Sounds, that sounds freaking awesome. Is this it's the same badass, company? Is the little BB-8 one? The little BB-8. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They the do the the black droid and um, another one as well. I forget the other one. But yeah, yeah, they do. And you can even, if you've got more than one of them, control them from one app and they'll interact with, with each other. He's sweet as, man. Nice. That's nice. So, yeah, it does sound like you're running out of room, mate. You're going to have to I know, I cull have. something off. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I would love to get this. I would love to get this. It looks pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, is there a link in there then, in that superhero hype article that we'll link to in the show notes? No, no, there's no link. But I went over to the Hot Toys website and found a bunch more uh, information and photos and stuff, ah. which seems like the common sense thing to do, really. Well, look at you doing actual research for the podcast. I'm, I'm sick of this shit. Sick of this, mate. 
Well, one of us Sickless has got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the regime don't like it. <laughs> so, that, <laughs> so that's the Hot Toys. Mandalorian and Child. Sixth scale. You're a hot toy. Uh, figure. Um, I don't know when these are out. I would imagine that they are due out probably... It does not say. I imagine they're due out later on in the year. Oh, here we go. Uh, approximately Q1, Q2 next year. So you've got a bit of time to save up because these are normally a couple of hundred quid. So, yeah. So that's that coming, which is cool. And that wasn't the last bit of Mandalorian news. The last bit of Mandalorian news is the guys over, at, I assume, Lucasfilm have uh, uh, worked up a, a contract or something with the guys who put out the Star Wars Insider magazine to do a series of... Um, sort of quarterly volume magazines, all to do with the art and imagery of the Mandalorian, which is very cool. Now, there's a bit of a shift, this, because normally what happens is when a Star Wars film comes out or a Star Wars video game or something like that, we typically get the art of book. So about a month or two after that's been released, we normally get the the art of The Rise of Skywalker or the art of Jedi Fallen Order, something like that. So you expect them to do something similar for the Mandalorian, but... They haven't. What they're going to do is they're going to do a volume of sort of special edition magazines, if you like, that go into detail about how the uh, the series as a whole was conceived and progressed, how a lot of characters were designed and sceneries and sets and props and, and all that stuff, uh, creatures, everything like that, visual effects. So what they're going to do is, uh, again, I'm not sure when this is due out. I think you can... I think you can pre-order these now, but there's a bunch of different covers as well and whatnot that they're going to do across each volume. So the first volume is going to look at the first four episodes of season one, and then you'll get the next volume, does the rest of them and so on and so forth. So it's kind of a shift. I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a fan of the, the whole coffee table, nice kind of the art of books. I really like those. So it's a bit of a shift from that, but... It still might be kind of cool, uh, but I don't know. It's just something that floats your boat. It's kind of cool. I might get these. Yeah, I like them, man. It's uh, um, like the Mandalorian in particular was was one of we, we love the artwork of everything, of course. But um, the Mandalorian putting the artwork at the end of every episode was uh, just a stroke of genius, you know, to, to, to really, for the geeks, for the people just sat there watching the TV after it's all finished and thinking, I want a little bit more. You got a little bit more in a very unique way. So, yeah, I think this is a, it's an interesting move. And what what I quite like about that is that because it's TV, um, you know, we don't know how long this is going to run for. So to put like a coffee table book together now, you'd just be annoyed in a year's time when there was a pile more concept art. Um, so this... I really like the idea of them just running it like this and then eventually either collecting it or, you know, you know, if you if you subscribe and you get that. Um, it's just, I, I, ju I just like it. It's like taking the familiar concept that we know and we love and, and giving us everything that we want as geeks and fans, but just, just doing it in a way that lends itself better to TV. So, yeah, again, I think this is really cool, man. And I, th I think as a collector... It's one of those that um, like I don't think I'd get it personally, and that's that's mainly just because I would have nowhere to put them. Oh, for but God's sake! I, I really like the idea conceptually. I think it's brilliant. I've got nowhere to put them. Nowhere to put them, mate. Weak, weak as always, Butler. 
know, I know, I know. Anyways. Anyways. The bigger, bigger, bigger everything. You can pre-order these now and they go on sale or they get released, should I say, on the 26th of May. It's not too long to wait, a couple of months. Uh, The only thing I'm confused about is they're going to release these in some variant covers, which is cool. So you've got this typical uh, sort of magazine style, which has got, uh, it features the uh, the child mostly. It's being carried by the by the Mandalorian. And it's got these sort of, you know, uh, typical sort of selling points that you see on magazine covers, like Explore the Galaxy and Featuring Art Buy and all that stuff. But then you've got these other collector's ones, which has got one of the posters on the front, uh, which is just the Mandalorian on Tatooine, it looks like, walking across the sunset. And then you've got another one where he's on board on board when he's uh, where he's riding one of those creatures that we saw i think it was episode three two or three and uh so i don't know how you get those so it links at the moment just over to amazon that's where most of the pre-orders are but the only cover you see is the uh the poster version so i'm not sure where you'd pick up the other covers but uh, a bit of googling a bit of research you might be able to find them but yeah i think this could be a could be a cool thing to collect as we go through the various seasons of however many there might be but there we go. The Mandalorian, the art and imagery, which might be quite cool. Ryan Johnson, dude. Yes, uh, who's back. Back again. So Mr. Ryan Johnson has been uh, talking about Star Wars in an unlikely scenario. So one of the other films. So Ryan Johnson does do other stuff, believe it or not. He doesn't just sit there twiddling his thumbs thinking about Star Wars, which I thought was, was surprising. He did this kind of cool film called Knives Out, which came out last year. And on the on the 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 disc version, I suppose, where you get all the special features and stuff, he was talking about the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, sorry, the Last Jedi, which is interesting on the on the Knives Out thing because it leads from. He was basically saying that when he was going through the production and everything, sort of later on in the day for the for the Knives Out film they did this common thing, which a lot of studios do, where they do a test screening, where they invite a bunch of people to come and look at the film in its current state. And they can gauge from the reactions and some feedback about any tweaks they need to make, any edits and any potential story changes or reshoots that need to be done, all of that jazz. And he was saying that when he did that for Knives Out, it was really good. He said that he he was in there in the theatre watching everyone watch the film and everyone was sort of, you know, really having a good time and it was cool when he could see any changes he needed to make. And then he goes on to say that it would have been really good to do that with Star Wars because that would have given him the opportunity to then say, okay, audiences are not quite feeling this bit or this doesn't work. But he did say that they don't do test screenings for Star Wars films for, we don't know specific reasons. He's saying they don't do that for a lot of reasons, but we can guess that it's, you know, potential leaks and spoilers and all that stuff. So he goes on to say that he's always hated test screenings. And when we were making Star Wars at a certain point in the process, you're like, God, I would have given my left arm to put this in front of 300 people in Burbank and just see how it plays. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a thing where, again, he acknowledges that not everyone was happy with The Last Jedi. and Not everybody was uh, all over it like he expected them to be. And now he's saying that, you know, if he would have had the opportunity to put this in front of eyeballs earlier on. And this is a really common thing. I mean, it's, it's crazy that Lucasfilm don't do this. I mean, for obvious reasons, it's extremely difficult to keep it locked down. I get that. 
but just from any other industry. I mean, in my industry in design and stuff, I couldn't imagine a, a process where I do something from start to finish and expect it to be brilliant. You know, that just doesn't happen. You need, you need to put work in front of people. You get feedback, you go and reiterate all that jazz. So it must be frustrating for, for him from a, from a creative point of view to not have that. But yeah. So who can we blame for this then? Why, why can't we, why can't we have test screenings, dude? Well, I think it would just, you know, the, the obvious reaction is that it, things would just leak, but it's Disney, you know, you, they've got enough power and money to scare the crap out of anyone when it comes to <laughs> leaking it. There are ways to, you know what I mean? There are ways to do this. Um, the, 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 yeah, the, there's just ways to do it that, that, that means that it could be done. But The, the Last Jedi is a funny one because, you know, I think there are a couple of deleted scenes that really add to add to the mix of The Last Jedi. But, over, you know, overall, on third and fourth viewing, it's actually a, f- a, a great film that acts as a real segue between two types of story. Um, it was probably The Rise of Skywalker that needed the test screenings. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know, man. It's just the way, it's just Star Wars, isn't it? It's become this silly behemoth that doesn't, doesn't seem to benefit from some of the rules that govern... Um, that just govern other movies and some of the benefits of those things that other movies get, whether that's pre-marketing, whether it's press screenings, whether it's um, the freedom to tell stories, you know, without being tethered to things. It, it, it suffers from a lot of things now because it's become this super brand. Um, and I think this is just one of them. So I, I understand why they do it, but holy crap, it's Disney. You know, there are ways and means that Disney could stop leaks happening. I've got no doubt about that. Yeah, dude. It's a bit crazy, isn't it? I know of other big franchises. Um, so when What's His Face was doing the Batman trilogy, uh, Nolan, that's that's a huge franchise, and that that would suffer from the same thing. You know, that's got you want to minimise the amount of um, leaks and and all that stuff. But they did test screenings, you know. And I know of other franchises that are pretty massive. That you know, Jurassic Park and those guys, they do they did test screenings. So it, it seems weird that that Disney. Uh, have removed themselves from that part of the process because like I said, talking from somebody that has to do this and and wants to do this, it seems like an important step in the process of, of just creating something, you know, it seems like an important part of, of, of getting that valuable feedback because if it, if it does give the opportunity to sort of sort of snatch things in the bud and get it done, because what can you do afterwards? That, that's when when things like this happen and you don't have the opportunity to do it properly that's when you go down the road of let's we want the snyder cut of things and that's when you have to start putting books out that tell you that palpatine's a clone and that's you know that's when you have to start doing that sort of stuff um and we, the, a test screening would have solved a lot of those little minor issues that people had with the rise of skywalker we talked about it either last week or the week before where that omission out of the book around you know, Palpatine saying, you know, I'm more than a clone, but less than a man. Test screenings may have thrown up that, wait a sec, this entire story becomes more cohesive if that three-second line is in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's almost arrogant on the part of Disney to assume that we'll just accept it. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's our money that finances this through revenues. Yet, you know, we can't really have... And I'm not saying that we're entitled and we should have complete control. What I'm talking about here is just plain and simple due diligence as a creator. You and you and I are both in the creative fields. To do anything without feedback is is very very risky. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, it's, I'd, I'd, maybe they'll learn from it, dude. I don't know. Maybe they'll not. Maybe, yeah. I'd have been like Gareth from The Office. Like at the end, so anyone got any views, I'll just get the old pad out. Right, some questions. And that'll be it then. A couple of questions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it would. Have, but that's the thing though. I can just imagine that if they had have put this in front of, like Ryan Johnson said, 300 people, I would imagine that 299 people would have put their hand up and said, I don't get what's going on in that bit. Or I don't understand why the Emperor's done that. I don't understand why he's back. I don't understand that. It would have been like, right, great. We've got so many questions. We're clearly not hitting the mark. Let's go back and, and, and sort this out. So anyway, it would have been nice for him to have that uh, that opportunity, I suppose. But here we go. Ryan Johnson battling through, talking about Star Wars, even when he doesn't need to. This is for Knives Out. So there we go. Uh, moving on to the Clone Wars Series 7 that we're going through at the moment over on Disney+. Plus. That very nice chap, Sam Witwer, who is the voice of many different characters throughout different uh, Star Wars mediums has said that uh, Darth Maul will return for season seven, which is cool. And he did um, uh, an interview with Gizmodo where he spoke about various things to do with his career within Star Wars, saying that uh, he was hired uh, donkeys years ago to be the main character on the Force Unleashed games. And he thought that... uh, he thought that was a really cool thing. He's like, yep, that was a great bucket list thing. I've checked that off. Star Wars is done. That was great. And he's just really surprised that over the years they've brought him back and they've hired him to do lots of things and voiceovers and so on. But the the character that he's most known for, I would say, is Darth Maul in the, in, in the Clone Wars. I know he's done the voice of like the Emperor for the, for, for the Battlefront games and I think for the Clone Wars as well, actually. I can't remember uh, some other things. But Maul is the guy that he's known for. So he said that... Uh, towards the end of series seven, season seven, that Darth Maul will be back one last time. And uh, the we, we don't know any details, obviously, but the the finale for season seven is uh, the Siege of Mandalore. It's that storyline that's going to run through the majority of the season and then culminate with this big, this big epic, um, what's meant to be a two-parter finale. But Sam Witter has said that in essence, it's really the last four episodes are going to be this big build-up, and he's saying that the uh, it could actually be viewed as one big f- uh, as a film. Like all of these four episodes are going to be so epic and so you know huge and uh, quite important that you could essentially watch it as a feature film. So uh, he goes on to say that Darth Maul has got a few more things to say, like every other great opportunity to tell a Star Wars story. You want to make sure that the audience is seeing uh, something they've never seen before with these characters. I do believe that we will give that to you as far as Maul. I believe we get to see sides of his character you've not yet seen, and we see him trying things he's never really quite tried, though he's maybe not so good at. This will be really fun for people to respond to. So I I can guess your reaction, mate, but yep, a big thumbs up for Maul coming back. Oh, yeah, and it was it was a given. You know, with the uh, we've seen it in the trailers. You know, it's been a given that he's he's on his way back anyway. But this is interesting from from a couple of perspectives for me. Like Sam Witt was just a, a a genre icon at this point. You know, everything from Smallville through to Star Wars and everything in between. Is he's been in Supergirl. He's been in all sorts of different things, and he's like he loves Star Wars. And obviously, he comes off the back of, of Filoni, who in turn comes off the back of George Lucas. So he's he's got kind of he's one of the few people that are still really deeply involved where 
he was kind of pre-new canon. So he was like old extended universe stuff. And then look, he's back here as well. So so this guy, Wit, was obviously just a fan first. And what I think is cool about this is um, what he's saying here is, is that everything they've learned since Clone Wars went off air has been put into these last four episodes. And that interests me, you know, because the Bad Batch storyline, I've not watched it yet, but it seems to be just, you know, same old Clone Wars, nothing wrong with that, but it's the Clone Wars doing what the Clone Wars does. Some of the Ahsoka stuff now, which seems to be the second arc, um, you know, Ahsoka coming back and finding a fee, you know, again, kind of par for the course. Um, but what's interesting about this is that all of those techniques, those cinematic techniques, and everything that they'll have learned in this, in this meantime, in this downtime with the Clone Wars, also lends itself well to the Mandalorian because, you know, the Siege of Mandalore, was the thing that essentially paved the way for the Empire and which in turn paved the way for the Purge that we hear about in The Mandalorian that we've never seen, we don't know anything about. It's the Purge which pushed the Mandalorians underground. So this is, again, real fertile territory and it's a real interesting um, segue potentially between the character of Ahsoka, between Maul, you know, are we going to see some flashbacks in The Mandalorian to Maul? Probably not, but maybe... Um, but it just it does a heck of a lot for the future of Star Wars wider storytelling when it comes to the Mandalorian stuff. I don't think it's a surprise that the Siege of Mandalore is happening now on TV when we're just we have just been told that Moff Gideon has got the dark saber. I don't think any of this is a coincidence. I think it's some kind of planned um, congruence between them. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that, mate. I think uh, I, I know we we've bashed. Lucasfilm and we've bashed Disney quite a bit over the past couple of months about various things that they've done or should have done or shouldn't have done uh, potentially. But one thing that you cannot fault them on is their wider, their wider storytelling plans, if you like, um, because they have these really, really talented people who work at the story group and these people that keep the canon, canon for want of a better phrase, and they keep everything sort of uh, ticking along as it's supposed to do. Uh, you're absolutely right. They're, there are very few coincidences where it concerns various characters and various time frames within the various Star Wars medium, whether that's the same thing, whether it's you go through a, a trilogy of films or the series or you cross medium, whatever, but it's very, very seldom do you find a pure coincidence. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one, dude. And um, yeah, so I, I'm, I can't wait to see, I just can't wait to get through this. I, I don't want to wish the time away. I just can't wait to get through this season of the Clone Wars. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, for anyone that wants a, a cool uh, sort of chill time with Sam Whitwell, he's a, he runs a really good Twitch channel as well. So what he does on Twitch is that he just, for about three or four hours, he just plays these random old RPG games on his PC and just sits there and just does impressions of Star Wars characters, of Arnie and all that stuff. And he also drops these little nuggets as well. Like at some point in each in each stream... He'll give you like a little nugget of trivia that you've not heard before. He'll say like, oh, I had a conversation with Dave Filoni and that ended up being this plot point in one of the films or, you know, we did this. So he does, a, anyone that doesn't follow him on Twitch, go and do that. He's such a cool guy and um, he does really great impressions as well while he's playing games. So there we go. Sam Whitworth back for Darth Maul for The Clone Wars. And we're going to wrap up uh, this show in a couple of minutes, dude. But we have got a couple more things just to whiz through really quickly. So I know you'll be a fan of this, but we've got another classic game coming to the PS4 and Switch, uh, which is the uh, Pod Racer 
uh, episode one racer uh, that was out years ago. I don't know what, I think it was out in the 90s at some point, but this is a solid racing game, dude. Uh, I assume you're going to get this. I think you have got it already, haven't you? I've not got it for the Switch. I've been downloading like a pile of stuff. They had this huge sale on. So I got like the, the original Ghostbusters remastered and a few other things. And they've also started remastering the Resident Evil series, which I absolutely love. So I'm just inundated with games. Um, but I might get this one because it was a real badass racer back in the day. It was 1999 when it came out. And it, this might have been one of the first Star Wars games that I ever played. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, man, this looks this looks sweet. I might grab this because it's a it's not expensive. You know, it's a, it's, it's it's only a few quid. Um, so it's it's not going to be expensive. So yeah, I'm 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 well up for this. I think it'd be awesome, mate. Yeah, this will be a good one. The good thing about um, uh, the the Pod Racer game is that you can pick it up and play it for for ten minutes, and that's cool. Or you can play it for a couple of hours. It doesn't really matter. You can still have a good old. Uh, a good old session on that so uh, it looks like they've done a decent job as well the, the graphics look just as they did whenever they were was it 99 you said um yeah it looks uh, pretty cool the only thing that bums me out about these and they did the same thing with the jedi knight 2 jedi outcast game is that they don't bring them to xbox and i'm an xbox gamer these days i was i've still got a ps4 but i tend to favor that so um it would be nice if they brought these out for xbox but nonetheless that's just me being greedy so uh episode one race so that's i don't know when that's out is it out now have you seen it out to, to, to download no it? it's not it's it's the jedi academy one that's out now and this is coming out later this year i think oh cool 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 yeah uh okay and then uh just one last quick bit of news um relating to video games is remember the star wars thirteen thirteen video game that got everybody in a bit of a tears when that was out a few years ago not out as in release, but they released a trailer for it and everyone was like, holy crap, this is like going to be a badass video game. It's uh, They moved away from you playing the good guys. You were no longer a Jedi, all that stuff. You were a bounty hunter on Coruscant and there's been a new image that's been released recently that's leaked from somewhere, don't know where, and it shows you as, as Boba Fett on Coruscant and you've got the UI there, you've got your rifle with the ammo and your jetpack stuff and it's in game. So uh, everyone's now gone nuts again because they're like, not only was it a good bounty hunter looking game where you played this just generic uh, non-famous Star Wars character, but this alludes to the fact that for at least a portion of the game, you were playing as Boba Fett on like the underworld of Coruscant, which is freaking badass, dude. Yeah, it could have been good this one because it's... Um it's one of those types of Star Wars game that is always really interesting. Like it's 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 why some of the charm to me of Battlefront Two exists, even Battlefront One when it first came out. Um, you know the ability to kind of just be in this world but play a, a, an FPS or a third person shooter or or something that is progressing a storyline that you really like. It's just about familiar, so you're like, oh, this is pretty freaking sweet because look over there, there's something happening, and I kind of recognise, is that a Rodian character? Is that a Bothan? Like, what is that? Is that, well, it's like one of the Cantina Band kind of people. Like, there's enough of that where you think this is very familiar. But it gives you, I think this is what Star Wars always done really well, it gives you the ability to just experience different types of Star Wars. Um, so I would have been well up for this again. It seems like that's all I've said today. Like, yeah, I'm well up for that, I'm up for it. Um, but <laughs> it 
it's it's very cool. The concept itself is very cool. Um, I mean, it's easy. We've said it before, though. It's easy in hindsight to look back at it and say, of course, that looks cool because now everyone's everyone loves the Mandalorian. Like, look, Boba Fett is a Mandalorian. But, you know, there's a reason the Boba Fett movie didn't get made. There's a reason this project didn't get put through. We don't know what that game would have ended up like. It could have been terrible. It could have been great. Um, but conceptually, I'm always a fan of the things that take place on the fringes. And, and some of the storylines that take place that, 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 that just, they add to the mythology, but not in an obvious way. And this could have been just another one of them. So, yeah, it's, it's always a shame when you see these cancelled projects. But, you know, we do have to remember they've been cancelled for a reason. And we don't know what that is. It might have just not been very good. It might have, the concept might not have been strong enough. Who knows? Um, but on the surface, it looks pretty sweet, dude. It does indeed. Yeah. Maybe they'll use bits of it in upcoming games, you never know, but I just can't help thinking it would have been cool to play as Boba Fett on a, in a slightly darker Star Wars game where you're kicking everyone's ass and that lot, rather than just doing you know backflips and mind tricks and whatnot, but there we go. And I think we'll do there, bud. We'll, uh, we'll round this out for episode 49. It's been awesome, dude. Getting back on the back on the weekly horse, getting back recording, talking about Star Wars. I think we're going to have to change the format a little bit. We're just running out of time each week to get onto our review and discussion, so we might look into plan that into a different show or doing a different format or something. But uh, I'm loving talking through all the news, dude. Even though the films uh, have been and gone, and there's no new Mandalorian or anything, it's still still going strong, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, there's still plenty going on, isn't there? There's still plenty kicking in. Um, yeah, maybe we'll put the, the review and discussion somewhere else or the random spotlight. We'll, we'll have a chinwag on that, I guess, and do something with it. Um, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it, to, to have so much news going on and, and not really expect it. So, I mean, it's always it's always fun to chat, dude. You know what that's like. So, yeah, and, and thanks to everyone out there listening. Thanks to you out there for, for continually tuning in and, and as this show grows up and develops and moves and changes, it's... It's good that you're along for the ride with us. So, yeah, always fun, dude. Always fun. Yes, indeedy. Uh, we are going to wrap there. So if you like what we do here, head over to the website, sparkofrebellion.com. You can listen to every show on there or just put a forward slash listen on the end and that will give you a page where you can link off to any podcast uh, network or app so you can drop uh, a subscription on those apps that you listen to podcasts on. That would be great. And we're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. It'd be great to have you over on that uh, community. And also a massive thank you, as always, to our current patrons. We love your guys' support. And if you want to jump on as a patron, just head over to patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can join up there, get yourself some swag, some credits as a producer. Uh, you could, yeah, just loads of stuff. Go and have a look. It'd be awesome to have you on board. Uh, until next week for episode 50. Uh, Please take care of yourselves, stay healthy, stay safe. We'll see you next time and the Force will be with you always.